When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Barca Talk, we discuss La Liga's restart date, training highlights, and future strategy in the first team. And of course, we get to the latest transfer rumors surrounding world football. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk, the podcast for FC Barcelona fans. I'm your host in Seattle, Washington, Cole Ridley. Today, it'll be myself and from Miami, Florida, Alejandro Villegas. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Excited. We're getting closer to watch some La Liga again coming soon, hopefully. Yeah, we are inching closer and closer. Everything good down there in Florida well, with you? Well, let's say yes, so we don't go too much into details, right? But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's going better for businesses here, I guess. We'll we'll see how it goes after that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's things are chugging along up here as well. We are uh, rounding phase one. It sounds like, but who who knows what may happen? Our governor keeps. Um, extending things at the very last moment we think that we're going to be able to go to restaurants and and dine in and just stay up you know a good social distance apart from each other but um he'll probably tell us that the day before that we can't do that which is a bummer but it's probably the right thing to do so you guys so. are still not able to go to, uh, to restaurants to dine in is that what you're saying we are not allowed to dine in no it's all take that that started yeah. down here so we are, we are a little bit of ahead of you guys it's a race. Yeah, yeah. 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 You'll catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll catch up. Well, let's jump right into it, right? The, the big news and the thing that we're all excited about is La Liga is returning. June 8th is the date we should be circling over and over and over and over and over again on our calendars, right? We are 14 days away from football. Alejandro, how does that feel? Well, it feels great after, what, two, three months of, of not watching <clears throat> La Liga or, or Barca or, or any type of soccer besides the Bundesliga that not everybody's really watching it. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. happy. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit curious if Spain as a country is going to be able to really control the virus, right? Because if, if it goes mm-hmm. up again, like the numbers did in, uh, a couple of months ago over there, it's it's gonna be hard to keep the championship going, but I hope I hope everything goes fine, so we we get to watch Barca for maybe yeah. a couple more months before the season ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's important to remember that the, the how Germany handled things was much different from Spain, and they they weren't hit quite as severely, so they were definitely allowed to return in a more safer manner in a much quicker timeline. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see fo- football kickoff uh, that weekend, but I also wouldn't be surprised if football is not being played after that. I think that it'll really open the eyes to the authorities and to the health health officials to make sure that this is all safe to carry forward with. And, and if it's a reality, we'll, we're just going to have to wait and see. The other thing, Alejandro, that's exciting <laughs> is uh, a bit of banter coming from from the French government, they have thrown the word remontada mm-hmm. into the official dictionary of the country. Um, h- how does that feel? The, the first thing 
I'll ask you for this first. When you saw that headline, what did you think? <laughs> well, you have to think about that 6-2-1, right? At Camp Nou against yeah. PSG. That's the first uh, thought that comes to mind. It surprises me a little bit, yeah. especially since PSG complained so much about the, the referees that day. And I think they were right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why the government did this. It's, yes. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know if just to... I, I don't even know how, how to explain it, but yeah. it's, it's fun for Barca fans to remember this date, even though that didn't mean a, a championship or anything because they were kicked out mm-hmm. in the very next stage. So mm-hmm. it's it's such a moment that it's it feels both ways, right? Like it was awesome and it was probably the best day for some Barca fans, but then mm-hmm. uh, maybe one or two weeks after, they were kicked out of the Champions League anyway. So it, it, that year mm-hmm. wasn't really... Uh, full of happy memories besides this uh, remontada. So I, I guess it's yeah. something good for Barca's history because that's probably the most impressive uh, comeback or remontada in the Champions League, but it didn't end up mm-hmm. crowning Barcelona's champions. So it has that yeah. little bittersweet flavor. Yeah, I think I think it's just a great. It's more salt in the wound uh, to come from their own government. Yeah, that that's the fun part of it, and that's why we're all here. Um, that game took place in March, but Alejandro, while, while we're here, let's bring up some more good news before we take it down. Yeah, but wh- Where were you yeah, yeah. when you watched that match? I was at a radio station that I used to work for and we were, it okay. was the ESPN Deportes Miami uh, at that okay. time. So we were watching the game and the game was, I remember clearly after the Cavani goal, I was the only one that mm-hmm. was rooting for Barca there. And after the Cavani goal, we were like, all right, it's over. Let's just finish mm-hmm. watching the game just to, for the heck of it, but not really following mm-hmm. closely. And then Neymar scores the fourth one is, uh, with a free kick. Then comes the penalty kick on Suarez that wasn't a foul, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And, and then, <laughs> but then, then you're like, okay, they're just one goal away. And once you, yeah. you rewind those moments, you, you realize that Barca scores three times in like six minutes, which is, mm-hmm. it's just unbelievable how bad you have to defend so you can get yeah. scored against three times. So I was there. And as soon as the uh, Neymar crosses the, the last ball of the game and Sergio Roberto kicks it in, it was just jumping around by myself. And, mm-hmm. and the Madridistas that were there were like, no way. They were so mad. Yeah. And I, and I was yeah. so happy. I remember we, we did a, a Facebook Live right after to talk about it because we were just uh, so excited. And there was all this talk about, uh, was it a foul? Was it a penalty before with Mascherano on on? On Di Maria and the Madridistas mm-hmm. were, I think they were even more mad than the the PSG fans. They were just so, so upset that Barcelona had just done that. Winning 6-1 and doing this exciting remontada at Camp Nou. But where were you? I, uh, I was in my apartment in college. Um, it was the middle of the afternoon for me. Oh, no class? off at noon. Uh, you, you know what? Class. That's I, fine. You can say it now. I think I might have actually <laughs> skipped. Yeah. Um, but I, like you, um, when Cavani scored that goal, I kind of tuned out. I did not turn the game off, but I remember I started to actually do the homework that I told myself I would be kind of doing throughout the game. Yeah. And um, slowly but surely, I increased the volume on the TV because uh, with Neymar's first goal and then his second, I was like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> and then, um, 
Yeah, sure, pandemonium when that went in. My roommate at the time, who despises uh, football, he described uh, it as a stampede similar to the one that killed Mufasa. <laughs> that's that's how I wa- I I I sprinted out of my my bedroom into the common area, screaming, yelling. Apparently, I threw a chair. Um, it, it, yeah, and that's how he described it, and similar to the stampede that killed Mufasa. So that, yeah, that to me will always be a cherished, and it's definitely a more recent um, memory that I actually got to watch live in real time, which is, um, you know, something that will always stick with me. It sucks that we, the way we bowed out in the next round, almost like we didn't even put up a fight, yeah. stings, but but you know what? That will always be a great moment, and now we can applaud the French government for uh, for backing us up on that yeah. one, right? Thank you very much, French government. Yeah. <laughs> um, more toying around. Um, did you see the training video that Barcelona put out of Ansu Fati uh, retiring uh, Rakitic <laughs> and Vidal, <laughs> and maybe even his his uh, his Mister as well? That was like, okay, guys, it's time for you to move on, right? It's you, you gave everything <laughs> to Barcelona, and we are happy that you guys were here for some, uh, for a couple of years. In the case of Vidal and Rakitic, so more many years and championships, but that's it. Thank you, and Sufati's here, and he can take care of you guys. <laughs> now it was, it, I mean, yeah. it's funny. It happens all the time, and maybe we we just don't, yeah. we just get to see that part, and and it's just. Mm-hmm. It's, it shows you the way Barcelona sees Ansu Fati, right? We were talking about uh, what to do with him, bring it to the B team or loan him mm-hmm. somewhere or what to do with the talent of, of such a young age, but that doesn't mm-hmm. have, re- maybe doesn't have a lot of space in the, in the first team. So you, you have to do something. And these are just a couple of small samples of what he can do on, a, on an actual pitch. And, he, and he's doing it against some of the best midfielders in the world. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. not at their peak right now, Rakitic and Vidal, especially after this coronavirus stop. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun. I think he has – he is one, that type of player that you you see him play and you know he's different from the rest, right? Like you give Absolutely. you give him the ball and you're just expecting to see, okay, what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. that does – I mean, you have great players and Barcelona right now has great players, but – like Griezmann, every time he touches a ball, you are like, okay, he might, he he's not gonna do anything crazy. He's just gonna do uh, something, something that's maybe gonna create a chance to score a goal, but it's nothing that you're really gonna be like, oh my god, what I just watched, right? So yeah, it, it, yeah. that's the difference between a guy that has those flashes and a guy that is just a star because he just gets it done and that's it. He's just straight to the point and, and that's it. But Ansu Fati has that special sauce, right? And that's why I think mm-hmm. Barcelona for next year, he just has to give him the chance, right? Like, okay, this is your time and let's see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you still have maybe a couple of years to loan him and bring it back. So you still have time. But it's fun. It's fun watching mm-hmm. these type of moments because it, that that way you, you get to see what, what goes on there, right? It's, it's interesting for us Barca fans or Barca followers like to see how he has the confidence to do this in, in, in practice with, with these type of players, right? And mm-hmm. it, it, it shows you that he feels a little more confident around his teammates right now. So I think that's a that's a, a good thing for for Ansu Fati. 
Yeah, absolutely. I we both encourage anyone who hasn't seen it out there, just go to YouTube and type in Ansu Fati um training. There is an exclusive, it's about seven minutes long of just FC Barcelona uh, cameras just tracking him. I think it's across two different training sessions, but it, it's it's pretty wonderful. And the video starts off with him nutmegging uh, Kike Setien. <laughs> so it, it, there's a good bitter. He he starts to run away from from the gaffer as well. It's pretty funny. Alejandro, we also have to discuss Setien's. We, we talked about the preferred midfield last week. Yeah. There's now rumors um, that Luis Suarez will be taking a step back underneath Kike Setien. So, um, and to remind everyone, Suarez has not been cleared as match fit, but he is practicing. He's in training. Uh, he hasn't been doing anything individual, so it, it, he's all but cleared fit. And if he's not a regular starter, what what kind of situation are we looking at? Because in my, my eyes, my first thought is, well, that means there's two up top because Ansu Fati is probably not going to be handed that role given the situation with this weird hiatus and, and Suarez a veteran and, and that sort of thing. And then Dembele is not healthy. Yep. So to me, that screams two up front of Griezmann and Messi. Well, I, I wouldn't be so sure. I think they're going to give uh, maybe Braithwaite more minutes than, than you think and maybe take take it easy with Suarez, like maybe have him play in the second game 30 minutes and then maybe start the third mm. game. So so they don't have to rush it, right? They don't want him to get injured mm-hmm. again after all that he's done since his, uh, his surgery, right? So I think, I mean, you brought Brightweight to finish the La Liga, right? So that's, this is mm-hmm. the time to use him because next season, if you bring everybody that you want to bring, Neymar and Lautaro and, and everybody else and Dembele is healthy and Coutinho is coming back, uh, Braithwaite is just not going to play. So this is the time to mm-hmm. actually give him some minutes, I guess, if he plays. If mm-hmm. not, I mean, I would, if, if I were Setien, I would play with Messi, Griezmann as a nine and Ansu Fati on the side like you. I, I like, I, I would like that, that spark there. And having Braithwaite just come off the bench and, and trying to get some quality minutes, especially after the other team is, is a little tired, just taking advantage of his quick his quickness and, and how good he is running to, towards the spaces, right? So I guess I don't see Suarez being a, a substitute very long for very long, in, but I think they, they just want to take him easy, right? Like not, let's not rush mm-hmm. it so he doesn't get injured again. It's been like that all the time. Like they know, they always get to a point. Like they they talk to coach and they're like, "All right, I don't feel a hundred percent, so I I don't want to risk it right now." And especially mm-hmm. having the, the Champions League in August, that could be another thing. Maybe Barcelona is looking at, at that too. Like, okay, let's have Suarez a hundred percent fit for the Champions League and not risk it right now in, in La Liga. I mean, he's gonna play in La Liga, of course, but he yeah. doesn't have to do it in the first two games. Uh, they they have a little caution to to tend to take care of him yeah no i agree um and you and i are similar we want those natural wide playing wingers but uh, my hope is that it's it's in a role that is best for the team moving forward and suarez um long term you know keeping him healthy low to management right we're familiar with that in america yeah. and, and maybe that's just kind of what he's trying to implement uh to, to Suarez as well. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. The other reason Suarez may be taking that step back now is uh, more of a risk, right? He's a family guy. He's got three kids um, that we know of from that famous hat trick a couple of years ago. And 
there's some other players across Europe that are taking some caution to returning to football. I know that N'Golo Kante for Chelsea has, um, he, he was at the first couple of training sessions. He will now, for the foreseeable future, not report to training. Uh, he's concerned of contracting the virus and bringing it home to his family. So he will go into private, isolated training sessions, um, not at the grounds every day. And so my my question to you, Alejandro, is do you think that we're going to see more of this? Is this something that might become regular as games and, and training starts to ramp up and, and football gets closer? Yeah, I mean, it's it's normal for the human being just to be scared of the unknown, right? You don't even know like mm-hmm. how, how this is going to develop. And, and they, I mean, they have the right not to not to go there right but it's it's if you put it on a more normal atmosphere like you and me have been working right we don't want to go out but we have to go work because we, we have to make that money right you just i mean you, you take care of yourself and you try to be careful and and that's it that's all you can control really uh, but I, I feel like this could get worse once the first positive case starts uh pops up somewhere it's probably going to happen in germany at some point because it's so hard to to just prevent that from happening but i what i what i mm-hmm. feel like is that it's good that they're they're talking about it and if they don't feel comfortable okay you can practice by yourself but then it's going to reach a point when you you have to practice with your team i mean you're not playing tennis you have to actually go and get mm-hmm. get with your squad and practice and and work on the system and work on on just the team stuff. So, it's, I mean, right now it's fine because they're in the individual uh, phase and they can, okay, you can train separately. But once once you're closer to the competition, you, I mean, you have to make a decision. You either don't play for the rest of the season, I guess, that, that would be, mm-hmm. and, and probably it's going to happen sometimes. And we've seen some of that in Spain uh, with, especially on the teams that already have positive cases. And I just... I think that that's a very real possibility for those that don't really feel comfortable, right? I mean, you can't really force people to play anyway. Like, if it doesn't feel like that's mm-hmm. it. I mean, it, it's just that's what's going to happen. I don't know how how do you look at it. Uh, I agree. I I think that it's something that could absolutely become more popular. And right, this it all goes back to we we don't exactly know how this is all going to happen. But Alejandro. We have to talk about what else we don't know is going to happen. <laughs> the reason that everyone's listening to this, we got to dive into transfer rumors. Right. We'll start it off with a, with a positive. Um, it's not official yet, but Marc-Andre Ter Stegen has moved closer to renewing his contract. It'll end in the summer of 2025 is what I'm, is what I'm reading in this report. Um, he'll be 33 when that contract ends. Do you think... What do you think about this deal? Well, is it good? I, yeah, that's the best thing Barcelona can do right now because he's been the mm-hmm. best player of the season. We have to be real about it. He's probably going to be the captain of the team once Messi and Piqué retire, right? Because that's that's mm-hmm. the guy that, that really shows leadership and that really seems like he feels the colors in his heart, right? Even though he's from Germany. And, but and watching Match Day, the, the documentary and all that stuff, you see how he built a house and everything in Barcelona. They feel very good. And he knows he's mm-hmm. one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So he knows if Barcelona is not going to give him money, he can go anywhere else. You you can name it, Manchester City or whatever team mm-hmm. that, that wants to pay him, and he's going to get the money he wants. So that's that's the best move 
Barcelona can do. He's the best player on the team right now besides Messi, of course. And and I think that's great. I mean, because that's that's the thing. When when you have such a talented goalkeeper and you don't have a, a young guy behind him that you can say, okay, if he, if he leaves, that's fine because we have the other guy. Like happened with uh, Bravo and Ter Stegen, right? When, when Bravo left, mm -hmm. we knew, okay, we have Ter Stegen and that's fine. I mean, that, that's a great goalkeeper. Even last year, we had Silsen, who who's not at the same level, but he was a good, uh, good goalkeeper anyway. But right now yeah. with Neto, I don't feel the same way. And I think Ter Stegen is, is just a very necessary move for the future. He's, he's the uh, very rock-solid goalkeeper and that's the guy i want to have mm -hmm. there and that's the guy i want to be the captain maybe in five years or whatever uh, when messi retires yeah i i echo all of that about his leadership about the the man he is on and off the pitch i'll, I'll give something to our listeners to marinate as well to, to put it into context um that that contract would end um in 2025 again and ter would be 33 years of age uh to put into context When Victor Valdez left the club, he was 31. So he will be older than Valdez, who we who we say had an incredible career with Barcelona and everything. So I'll, I'll let everyone marinate that, kind of kind of weigh up those options, see if there's likelihood that he could surpass a legacy, right? There's always going to be two sides to this. It, it, it's not for us to debate because uh, <laughs> there will never be a winner. Well, I think... But I think Ter Stegen is more talented than Valdez was. I mean, Valdez got mm -hmm. better with, with the years, and mm -hmm. Ter Stegen is just a, a superstar right now. And and he yeah. was last year, and he was the year before. So I think he has the potential to reach that point, but we'll see mm -hmm. if, if he can get there. Valdez yeah. has, has another thing, and, and that's that he played in the teams that won everything. So everybody remembers that he was the goalkeeper there. And mm -hmm. he had good games. I mean, that, that game against Manchester United at, at Roma, at Rome, the first Champions League that the Barca won with uh, Guardiola. He had a couple mm -hmm. saves in, in the start, in the beginning of the game against Cristiano Ronaldo. And, 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 and I remember years before that against uh, Henry at Paris too. I mean, mm -hmm. he had those key moments and, and yep. played for those Guardiola teams. And that's how they're going to remember. But I think uh, Ter Stegen is more talented overall. Hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully that means... Uh, more titles for Barcelona, right? In the long run, that would be a, a lot. Of, uh, that would be helpful for his legacy. But mm -hmm. I think he ha he's more talented for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you on that part. Uh, Alejandro, let's dive into the next part. We're going downhill now. Seven players are said to be available from the club uh, for swap deals. <laughs> They are Nelson Semedo, Samuel Amtiti. Ivan Rakitic, Arturo Vidal, Junior Firpo, Carlos Alenia, and Rafinha, who we have to remind ourselves that we do own the rights to Rafinha. Yeah. I always gotta, I gotta pinch myself and can't believe he's still under our spell well, somehow. He has one more year after this, so he's mm -hmm. he's similar to Rakitic and Vidal in that regard. That we have just one more year of them in a contract. So if we mm -hmm. don't sell them or trade them or whatever. Uh, they can lose him for free, so that's mm -hmm. that, that's a good point for Barca fans to remember. To remember, in this uh, transfer market, those are the type of players that you look to to swap or or to sell because you know at the end of their contract, if you're not gonna offer them more money, they're gonna leave somewhere, mm -hmm. and that that it. And we have that uh, Danny Alves ghost right in our heads, like how how he left for nothing, and. Mm -hmm. 
that's that just sucked back then. And I think these three players are probably the ones that you can look at and okay, they maybe are are gonna be sold at, at this point. With Alenia, I would like to have Alenia back. I mean, mm -hmm. instead of bringing Pjanic or whoever, I would rather have Alenia and give him some sort of a shot there at the first team. And I just don't see Umtiti being sold right now. I mean, he's injured. So I don't mm -hmm. know if, if anybody will be interested in, in having a, an injured central defender. Maybe he's, mm -hmm. if he's part of a package, like it was rumored during this week, this past week, in the package that's, that's going to bring Lautaro Martinez, that, that's a possibility. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And Semedo is a young guy. I mean, he's 26. He's in the... In his best point, I guess, in his career. So that would be maybe a, a good acquisition for a, for a team that wants a solid right back. But I don't. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't see him as a as a guy that's going to bring you fifty or sixty million anyway. So, I mean, those are interesting names in that regard. But Junior Firpo, I don't see anybody buying this guy. No, I mean, no. the the only thing I can see is Barcelona loaning him and bringing another uh, left back to see if he can. It'd be the second guy after Alba. That would be the other. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. There's really only two uh, names on that list that we have a lot of information on, right? We have Vidal and Rakitic, who are, are maybe not more information, but there's a lot more spewing about and circling their name. We'll start yeah. with Vidal. Uh, he pulled a Rakitic this, earlier this week. He came out publicly and said, I would like to stay in Barcelona. I'm committed to this project. Yeah. I have years here. I want to win here, which is great. We love to hear that from our players. I, I think I'm more on the side that I, I would be okay with him leaving. I remember the day that Barca announced him. It was so out of the blue and just wild to me. I thought for sure it was a typo. And for, <laughs> we were bringing back uh, Alish Vidal for some reason. I, I just, it oh, didn't okay. make any sense. Yeah. yeah. It was strange. Mm -hmm. uh, it, for out of nowhere. Well, he came for Paulinho. That's that's just, just yeah. That's just what happened. I mean, Paulinho came from China, played a year, and then left. That was mm -hmm. that was even more like more strange. But that's mm -hmm. the thing that we needed a guy like Paulinho, and that was Vidal, and, and that was it. And and yeah. he, I, I I think he's so close to Suarez and Messi that maybe I mean maybe he gets an offer. Maybe he gets, mm -hmm. all right, you can stay, but we're going to pay you half of whatever you're getting right now. And and mm -hmm. you know what? At the age of Arturo Vidal, he's probably going to say yes. I mean, yeah. he's he's probably at, at a great city for him and his family. He's at the end of his career. I mean, mm -hmm. the only other option that I see is it's maybe him going back to Chile and trying to retire over there and win some titles with Colo Colo again or whatever. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, he obviously wants to stay in Barcelona because that's, I mean, he's, it's one of the best teams in the world. He gets some minutes and he's comfortable there. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's more probable that Rakitic ends up in Sevilla or somewhere else than, than Vidal leaves. I mean, I will keep both of them because I think that those are two good subs to have, not, mm -hmm. not, not to be on the starter team, but mm -hmm. two good subs that can play in Copa del Rey, that can play some, minutes against weaker teams in La Liga and mm -hmm. and and they're part of that good community that we have in the in the locker room right of course if 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 that if they 
are part of the package that brings Neymar or, or, or Lautaro, I mean, we're all going to be happy, of course. That's, yeah. That's obviously, yeah. I agree with you. I think you also might be the only one who wants both of them to stay. From, from what I see online, there, well, there's no, a lot I of... know. People hate them, but <laughs> here's the thing, though. Barca fans in Twitter think that, okay, we're going to get... A hundred millions for the two, yeah, for the two of them, and yeah. that's not going to happen. What What are they worth right now? Twenty million each, if that. I'd say twenty million each. So it's absolute not, max. It's yeah. It's not even worth it to have a player like that or to sell him for that money. In my opinion, I would mm-hmm. rather have him in the in the in the bench, and mm-hmm. and helping the team somehow. I mean, that's that's how I see it. But I understand that uh, people are maybe tired of watching them so much, but. You have to remember, Arthur gets injured a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Busquets he can't is, play, is not he can't as play fast. more than sixty minutes either. Yeah, so we have so, to bring him so off. You have to have these type of guys that can really play and help these other guys that are that are the starters right now. No, absolutely. That'll just tie into Rakitic. I mean, now we're we're seeing on and off for Sevilla. Uh, the stove is back on, and Barca are willing to part with ways with him for 20 million i can't see sevilla doing that because of how we we purchased him for 18 million i think that they wouldn't go any higher than that it's not like he they're getting a return on investment here yeah. this is a player who's you know five year five six years older than when they last saw him it's not like he's going to be worth that money and you know, I think that it, it it'll kind of be a more of a situation where Rakitic will go where titles will be won. I think that he wants to kind of stat pack his resume and and finish his, his years off of the golden team. So going to a team like um, Juventus or Bayern or, or someone else in a league that is going to dominate and at least win a trophy each season is more suitable. And I would say the same thing for Arturo Vidal, too. I think that Liverpool even could be a destination Pep wouldn't play him at Man City, but if Pep <laughs> leaves, then you know that's a pretty good deal for a guy who's experienced and, yeah. and is a lot more physical for the Premier League. Well, the, the thing with Rakitic, and you have to remember, his wife is from Sevilla, and all all her family yep. lives over there, so he has he has that little connection with Sevilla, right? That that's the place yeah. where he really grew up as a player. It's like he has that that connection there, and and maybe maybe he lives on alone, and then they pay him. They pay mm-hmm. uh, whatever, fifteen million. It's just something representative, just to get some money in. And but 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 I see what what you're saying. I mean, he can be a, a substitute, like do the same that he's doing in Barcelona in any any other team, any other good team in the world. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, he wants to stay in Barcelona, like like all of them say. Yeah. But if if they have to, that's the first name that I'm sure Barca uh, fans want out. Rakitic, even mm. though I like him, I know he's one of the f- mm-hmm. not favorites of the parts <laughs> of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely for sure. I I I, I love uh, Rakitic. He was my favorite player during that trouble season, and and he definitely. I, I've said it before. You got to remember the coaching. He was he's told to play a certain way. You know, he's he's trying to do the best. He's not trying to please um, our random Twitter accounts. But <laughs> we'll move on to the next midfielder. Um, on our shopping list, apparently, Miralem Pjanic, the Juventus midfielder. He, it's been us, PSG, Bayern, all these big top clubs. He's ending his career um, probably in, at his next club at the highest uh, competitive level. He's 29. He's told other clubs no, like PSG, 
and he's told Barcelona is his destination. We had that rumor last week of uh, Semedo for Pjanic, Disquilio, and $25 million. I think that the board is licking their lips at an opportunity for a player to say no to all these other big clubs and yes to Barca. I, I don't see a scenario where we don't actually bring this guy in. Yeah, I don't I don't like I mean I like him as a player, but I don't think he's really needed at Barcelona right now. Like I told I you before, like ten minutes ago, I'd rather have Carles Alinha back mm-hmm. and give him some minutes. Even Rafinha back. I mean Rafinha mm-hmm. has been here. I mean he's yeah. Too bad he's been injured so many times, but he's he's one of the players. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was starting in El Clásico. The Clásico de Barcelona won 5-1. Rafinha mm-hmm. was there as a starter. So I'd rather have these guys that are are really familiar with the Barcelona system and all that than having a guy that's going to get here and then he has to adapt and then he's probably going to give you what? One year or two top in their, in their maximum level. So I don't know. I mean... I just don't like the that operation, but we'll see what happens. I, w- I completely agree with you. I'd rather have Alenia. I, I love Rafinha. I think he'd be great. And he, he was a part of that treble-winning season and then the seasons after that as well, right? He had a, yeah. played very well in the Super Cup. And he's a guy, he's a La Masia grad as well. It's It seems like such a more safer option. And I think, well, it's definitely more um, economical, but... It seems like a decision and an option that would be much more suited to Barca's history of promoting from within, having guys come from the from the um, La Masia and performing on the pitch, not always at the levels of Iniesta, Xavi, Messi, but in certain situations, Rafinha is called upon, and I think that he would be a good fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, here we are. We have found our way to the Brazilian, the... <laughs> Your favorite Brazilian. Oh, my favorite. Boy, do I love him. Um, (laughs) Hopefully sarcasm translates on a podcast. Uh, Setien in an interview last week said that he would love to coach Neymar. And before everyone gets, you know, the fireworks out and they're they're buying the kit with his name on it already. Let's remember what manager wouldn't love to coach Neymar. He is arguably a top three, four, five player in the world. He's you know, he's got the flair, he's a marketable player, he's going to be remembered in the Hall of Fame of Brazilian uh, forwards. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get too excited. Any coach would love that opportunity. Am I wrong? No, no, you're right. But you have to remember, every time a coach says something, you have to look on like to the exact opposite answer. And you have to would he ever say the other thing like he wouldn't ever say like no i, I don't want to mm-hmm. coach neymar especially with all the rumors and and the, the real possibility that neymar mm-hmm. ends up in barcelona he can't say that he doesn't want to coach him because if neymar comes then he's out like Setien's out like like mm-hmm. that so quick so i mean it's it's just a normal a normal answer to a, to a tricky question i guess and I think, like like I told you, I'd rather have Ansu Fati and have the young guys play in that position. But in Neymar's, if Neymar comes, he's going to be started there. So forget about mm-hmm. Ansu Fati, send him somewhere as a loan yeah. or, or just have him in the B team and bring him up uh, at some point during the season. But it's just that. I mean, Setien, Setien is, I mean, he has to deal with the Barcelona press, which is not easy. 
And mm-hmm. and this is these are the type of questions, right? If you say something, oh my god, Neymar's coming. If you say the other thing, oh my god, he doesn't want Neymar. So if Neymar comes back, then Setien's out, and it's just they they're gonna start rumors anyway. So yeah, you have to pick your poison there. Yeah, we can't control it. Neither can they. It, it's all up there. We'll never ever know until he has posted online himself, right? Yeah. Even when we think he's staying. He doesn't. Um, we'll, we'll move to his compatriot. We just got a couple left here. We'll get, move to Coutinho. Um, nothing really different in, in his uh, in his field either. Uh, the only thing that we're seeing different is that Bayern, if he is playing for Bayern Munich next season, it will be on loan. Bayern are not activating a purchase clause. They want to request a second year of loan. I do I think that that is probably a very safe way of saying we don't really want this player, but we also don't, we're not too quick to remove him from our squad depth. Well, it looks just like what they did with uh, James, right? James Rodriguez from Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. James spent mm-hmm. two years over there and then they just shipped him back and now he, he doesn't even play a minute with Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. So what I would think... I think Barcelona will, is gonna just it's just gonna keep it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a good player that you can have back for free, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because he's not gonna free. You have quote, to pay him yeah. his, his salary and and everything. But I mean, that's a good player to have, especially with a different coach. If Valverde was still there, I will understand. Like, okay, maybe he doesn't feel uh, quite a hundred percent in the same page as the coach, so it's it's gonna be mm-hmm. a, a weird situation. But I don't think that's the case, and I think. With Setien, maybe they find a way, and maybe like we talked about in the in the last episode uh, last week, maybe if Setien's playing the three five twos, Coutinho has a different role, and he mm-hmm. could be more more of a, a part of the system or more in the center of the system, and maybe he he develops better and plays better, and hopefully that's what's gonna happen. I mean, the the Bayern Munich coach or head director, or I don't remember said that the clause has already passed by and that they were not going to exercise it. So, and, and we knew this, right? Like since December, mm-hmm. I remember reading reports that they they were just not going to take him. I don't know why. And, and, and he's injured right now. So that's, that's another uh, hard player to sell. If he's injured, he's maybe going to play one game or whatever. And then his loan ends in, at the end of June. And, and I don't know how they're going to do with the champions league. If he's going to play with the Bayern or he's, if he's just going to come back to Barcelona and, and play mm-hmm. the Champions League with Barcelona. Can you imagine that situation? That would be weird, right? And mm-hmm. maybe you have Coutinho and Suarez playing the Champions League this year. Who would have thought <laughs> of that, right? Who so, would have thought, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. But I I just hope that Coutinho gets a, a second chance. If, if we're mm-hmm. willing to give Neymar a second chance after what Oof. he did, I think Coutinho deserves it way more than Neymar, right? Am I right? As a Barcelona follower, as a Barcelona fan... Absolutely, you have to I hate could what Neymar did. I mean, Coutinho just left because yeah. he, he just didn't feel part of the system, but he didn't do mm-hmm. uh, anything besides just that little gesture against the Manchester United when he put the, yep. the, the fingers in his ears and whatever. But that, that's yeah. that's just a, a th- something at the moment. We saw Jordi Alba doing the same thing this year, so exactly that's something that can be forgettable. But what Neymar did, it's it's mm-hmm. a little different. No, it's very different. I And I think that that Coutinho gesture was a lot more directed toward journalists, toward the media, right? It wasn't yeah. necessarily to us coolers. I, I think you're absolutely right. He absolutely deserves a second chance more than Neymar. 
Um, and with the coach being excited, right, we've seen this months ago, and I think very early on and during his appointment, he was excited about the possibility of Coutinho returning. And that's all we could ask for. I think I've, I'm just repeating myself, right? Because there's no football, but we're so close. But, <laughs> you know, that's all we want from a manager. We want him to be excited about the possibility of a player returning and, and optimizing their potential and their skill set and uh, the best way and a different way from when that player was previous he- previously here, right? Um, Alejandro, let's move on to the last one that we got, really. We talked about his... Um, Let's see his choice of vocabulary last weekend in the <laughs> um, in the Derby in the Bundesliga. Yeah, but Todibo, come knocking on our door. G- guess who? Guess who it is? Three times they've they've knocked on our door since 2017. It's Everton. Everton is knocked on our door looking for uh, the young French center half. What do you think about that? Well, I think w- with the other cases that you have there, Lucas Digne, Andre Gomez, and, and Jerry Mina, I think mm-hmm. they were. Uh, they were considered garbage. Not, not garbage. I don't want to say garbage, but but, but players <laughs> hot that take, you, hot take. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not garbage in that regard. But like yeah. players, you could get rid of, and nothing was going to happen, right? They just yeah, didn't, it didn't work for them. I, I remember Lucas Digne and Jeremina hardly had any minutes. Maybe Andre Gomez mm-hmm. was the one that, that had more minutes of that group, and then and he didn't he didn't end up working out either. So mm-hmm. this is, I think Todibo is, is a different case because this is a guy that you can, he hasn't even had the chance in the first team to be nope. in there. So I would like to see him play and, and fight for a chance to, to have some minutes at that level. And then if it doesn't work, maybe loan him again because he's so young again. That's the thing with Barcelona, right? We have so many young players and people are also... I mean, and, and the directors too. I mean, they're they're so caught up in trying to recover from the financial side of things that mm-hmm. they don't see the team of the future, right? They're seeing mm-hmm. uh, the team of next this season, next season, and maybe the season after that, but they're not looking after uh, five or six or seven years, right? And maybe that's why they they did what they did with Ter Stegen, but they're not looking for everybody else. And I think Tolibo can be that next Gerard Piquet. Why not? I mean, and I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't sell him right now. Maybe if they loan him again, I I will understand. But since though, since Barcelona don't doesn't have a lot of defenders, I would say like, okay, what are you doing now? Like, who's gonna be there to back up the the starters right now? So mm-hmm. hopefully they don't sell him. I don't know if you see if if you like him to to sell him or not. But I I don't want. I want I want him back in Barcelona and see if he can if he can get some minutes next season. No, I absolutely want him to stay. Uh, and off those three guys that I had written down on our notes here, uh, Lucas Digne left, uh, he's about 23. Andre Gomez was 23. Yari Mena was 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toribo right now is 20 years old. So it's a it's a different ball game yeah. in my eyes. Yeah, it's just three years, but it's three big development years, right? We brought in Digne. We brought in Andre Gomes. We brought in Yuri Mina when they were already kind of established in the way they perform. And Gomes was uh, coming from a La Liga team, so he knew what the league was right, and he still couldn't yeah. quite figure it out, right? Um, Todibo has come in, and he's had a not a lot of time in Barcelona, definitely not a lot of minutes. But I feel like for all these clubs to come knocking at a 20-year-old who hasn't had the minutes, who hasn't performed, who hasn't won over a job and, and – and, or anything like that it's got to say something that he has a special skill set or he at least has a large amount of potential that everyone can see not just us so 
what but it's difficult because if we're looking into next season and we see a financial struggle he is a very valuable asset right we bar, we brought him in for 1 million mm-hmm. uh euros we could probably sell him for upwards of 20 it's a huge um return right there so if that's what it takes to bring in uh, I, I mean i was gonna say lotaro but maybe not um maybe a different player that we're, we're kind of in need for maybe a david alaba or, or a, a different kind of um rock and in, in defense or so, something like that maybe because he is young and it's it's not like we're taking a huge risk because we're getting 20 times what we paid for him and he might not ever reach that potential. So it's it's always a risk with transfers. But personally, I, I don't think I want to let him go just yet. And who knows what's going to happen, right, with the, the market, uh, transfer market when this opens up. This this could be absolute chaos. There could be deals left and right, players that never actually play for Barca, but we hmm. bring them in as leverage to send them right back out, right? It could be something that we see in, in Major League Baseball, Right, almost right. Every, every every year. Yeah, like a three way trade, right? Like you see, yeah, exactly. these guys are getting this guy, and then we're picking this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be the only way, right? If if they offer you thirty minutes, thirty minutes, thirty million, you're like, <laughs> okay, here you absolutely. go, you can have him. But, absolutely. But I mean, yep. the only thing is, and Barca has done this before. They sell him for thirty, and then they go and buy another guy for fifty. That <sighs> about the same. So that's that's yeah. what I'm a little bit worried about that they do that again and yeah. that's why i i mean you have to trust your scouts right if you went all the way to france to this small team to go buy it mm-hmm. to buy this mm-hmm. player is because you saw something similar Absolutely. to the barca dna right so mm-hmm. trust them i mean if you yeah. already did this like they did with uh, ter stegen i mean they went to germany saw him playing mm-hmm. over there and they were like okay this is the guy for, for the future and he's showing mm-hmm. it so Absolutely. why not doing the same with these type of players? That's what really yeah. makes me matter. We went out of our way to go and find this player to get his signature. To, I don't know how much convincing you have to do from when you come from uh, that legal inside, but it's not right, I think, to to at least let him have an opportunity, give him the same opportunity that Coutinho had, give him the same amount of minutes that Andre Gomes had. Um, you know, it it's a big risk and we never know what we might just unlock um on the on the pitch of the camp now. Alejandro, did we miss anyone? Is there anything else that we didn't cover? No, I think that's it. I mean at the end of the season, if Twitter Barcelona is right, we're gonna have eleven <laughs> forwards and nobody's gonna be in defense. Only PK uh, <laughs> And even he'll run forward. Yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, he's, he's gonna you know, bend Neymar know for that, the ball. And we know that. And we know that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I will say thank you all for listening. We're going to do our best to continue to produce some content for you guys. We're keeping control. Well, we're not keeping control. We're keeping an eye on transfer rumors. We're going to keep you guys updated with everything that's happening with the return of La Liga, the return of the Blaugrana on the pitch. Um, so stay with us. Cheers, Kules, Alejandro. Yeah, yeah. See you later. Podcast Network.